Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Driving in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by Michael. Hello, everybody. I'm hoping you're enjoying reliving the early 2000s with me. Heading to the OC. Sweet 16 bound, baby. Feels pretty good. Yeah, man. Headed to Anaheim to take on the Michigan Wolverines. We'll have to come back to this. It's too good. <laughs> it's too good to waste it all now. So I hear Michigan's pretty good. Nah, man. <clears throat> they. Uh, Are you worried? You don't look worried. Not at all. Oh, okay. We're going to roll through this oh, until man. final game. Championship. Championship. <laughs> no, call, man. Calling um, shots. Calling shots. I mean, if you look at how Texas Tech has been playing, it's hard to... I mean, with the assumption that everything stays the same in terms of their performance, hard to feel like you don't have a a puncher's chance to get to the finals. I agree. It's But you've got three teams standing in your way to do that. You've got Michigan, most likely Gonzaga, most likely Duke. So you got your work cut out for it. That's you. pretty rough. Um, so yeah, you've, you've made it to this week 16. First two rounds of the NCAA tournament went by quickly. Tournament started on Thursday. Tech played on Friday. Then the Thursday winners played again on Saturday. Friday winners played on Sunday. And after four days, we had the Sweet 16. Just like that, went from 68 to 16. Yep. First game Wednesday, nope, Friday. Texas Tech played on Friday. Yes, Friday at 12.30. 12.30, took on the Northern Kentucky Norse. I was a little bit worried about this. Pink Raider. Let's go, man. <sighs> let's, no, let's let's not go that far. And, and the, first, the first half kind of... It, it seemed like I had justification to be a little bit worried. We only went into halftime with a four-point lead. Uh, the good news is that we blew the lid off of it in the second half. Yep. And Cruised to a 15-point win. Yeah, very very convincing fashion. Didn't really 
Uh, didn't really seem like it was in jeopardy much long after halftime was over. Yeah, it was uh, 30 to 26 at half. Um, and then you outscored them 42 31 in the second half. So you put on 12 more points. They only put on five. And that was it for the Northern Kentucky Norse. Their, their uh, leading scorer, Drew McDonald. No relation, unfortunately. No relation no, to no one to Michael. Cross no table. one in my family is that athletic. Came into the game averaging nineteen point one points per game. Texas Tech defense held him to two of thirteen shooting to a measly five points. They were they were all over him. I and tech has that effect on people. You know, I think we've seen it enough to know that every time a good player faces tech that they're not in a slump mm-hmm. it's definitely the defense they are thrown off they're not getting the shots that they want they're trying to force some stuff because they're not getting the shots that they want i, I know there were a few threes that mcdonald took that seemed like he was just just trying to get the lid off the basket and fortunately for us he was never able to uh, i kind of felt bad for the guy cuz he was a four year senior been there mm-hmm. i think he was uh, Broering mentioned last week that he was recruited before the most recent coach was hired. And then Brandon. De- yeah, and then decided to stick around anyway. Mm-hmm. So it meant a lot for him to play all four years. He set all sorts of records there. Uh, I think he's on some of the high point lists just in college basketball, basketball in general, just for uh, averaging almost 20 points a game for his whole career. But – the they guys. were, uh, yeah, Sharp. Sharp was the one that surprised mm-hmm. me. So he's the one that, like, as soon as we started talking about him, he's a blue-collar guard, <laughs> a.k.a. a white guard. Um, he reminded me a lot of Matt Mooney, and not because he's white, but because it was that that supporting shooting guard role but that was also really tenacious on defense. He was. Um, Sharp st- stepped up when, when the tech defense kind of put the, the shackles on McDonald. He ended up scoring 23 points in the game um, in 35 minutes. They had four starters play 34 or more minutes, My which gosh. is a lot of minutes. Uh, Sharp played 35, Dantez Walton 36, Jalen Tate 36, Drew M- McDonald 34. Um, Dantez Walton was your next leading scorer at 11 points. Everybody else had fewer than six. So there was not many buckets to be had by the Northern Kentucky Norse. Not all that surprising when you talk about the defensive effort from Texas Tech for this entire season. But they were held to just under 36% from the field in the first half, just over 37% in the second half. For the game, shot 37%. They were 22% from three, which is where they were not able to keep up. I think, no. I think three was kind of their, um, that mid-major, we're going to keep up with the big guys. Like That's how they do it, is, is they play a, a defensive team that, that doesn't have a lot of possessions, like Tech does, and it's also able to shoot the three. Well, when they shot the three, they just didn't make it. They were five of 22 hmm. on the day. 20 or just under 23%. Um, and then only shot eight free throws the entire game, which that's, is big. 
That seems awfully low. They were two or four in the first half, four or four in the second half. Texas Tech, on the other hand, um, shot 17 free throws. Way, way down on their on their percentage, uh, connecting on just under 59%. Because they were one of eight in the first half. They went 0 for 8 to start. That like, was terrible. Even even Moretti missed Even too. Moretti missed, yeah. I think his season percentage dropped to 93. <laughs> it, it may have. Because um, like the, they mentioned that on the broadcast that like, the free throw misses are contagious, and it even affected Moretti. And they're like, oh, he's, a, he's like the number one free throw maker in the NCAA. Yes. And he missed two bad. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Back to back. Well, and then he even missed missed one against Buffalo as well. At least one that I know of. That. Unacceptable. It's taking a beating, man. But then they, they finished the second half nine for nine. They were perfect from the free throw line the second half. Um. Texas Tech shot 50% from three in the first half, 52% from the field. Uh, shot just under 54% from the field in the second half, so they were just super efficient. Um, they took twice as many threes in the second half, still only connected on three, so their their percentage dropped uh, to 27%. Anyways, long story short, Jarrett Culver, your leading scorer, 29 points, uh, eight rebounds, one turnover, one block, one steal. Dude was everywhere for you. He led the team in minutes as well. Played 34. Nearly had a double-double. Also had seven assists. Yes, seven assists. That's very Could have been close to a triple-double. Yeah, it, it was in that territory. And as far as, you know, I, I don't want to just dismiss Culver because... Or, or move on. To, I was about to talk about something else, so I feel like we should continue to talk about 29 points from the young man. I believe it was the mo- most points of the day from any player. Uh, I think he impressed people the most um, without the first name Jaw in in the first two days. Uh, I, I think he single-handedly really got a lot of attention on him. He, If you could call it a pedestrian... 29 points I I didn't I had no idea he yeah that that I don't want to I am not downgrading it y'all know this but you just look up and oh my gosh Culver's got 19 when did that happen Mm -hmm. oh okay he's got 25 I mean it just it just kept going 29 it just seemed like it was a a, just a normal day for him and but it was a little bit above and beyond uh for him They, they just didn't have an answer he was he was making his shots outside he was driving and spinning and 
uh, getting and ones. He was he was really effective just all over the court. Uh, but I I wanted to point out a couple of couple of things that were a little bit worrisome, but they spoiler alert tightened it up <laughs> in the next game. Uh, the offensive rebounds. I was just looking at that because the Ooh. the stat sheet here, the way it breaks down is. Offensive rebounds dash defensive rebounds. You only grabbed two offensive rebounds the entire game. Yeah. As opposed to your twenty nine defensive rebounds. So let's let's we'll, we'll think about that. And and, and our our guy Norrence Odiase had half of those. He only played for fourteen minutes, so he had half of our offensive rebounds. He by, had with one. one. Tariq Owens had one. And Tariq Owens had one. Culver had eight defensive rebounds, so he led the team in rebounds. Um, also led the team in points. Very nearly led the team in assists. Matt Mooney had eight. Um, Tariq Owens had five blocks. <laughs> he was fine, man. Odiase had two blocks. Culver had one block. Had eight blocks for the team. Um, seven steals as opposed to Northern Kentucky were able to get three blocks off of you, six steals. They turned the ball over 17 times. You turned it over 11, which is a few more times than you would have liked, but you take it. Um, On your 18 made field goals, you had, sorry, spoiler alert, (laughs) on your 28 made field goals, you had 18 assists. Oh, so good ball movement. Pretty good movement. Pretty good. Um. Yeah, man, you you did what you were supposed to do. You took care of a 14 seed opening round. Then you got to uh, your your prize for for defeating Northern Kentucky was taking on a six seed Buffalo Bulls. Yeah, a 30 plus win team. Yep, everybody's looking at this team like, when, um, man, the uh, the matchup just. It's not favorable. Buffalo likes to get out and run. Uh, They shoot and hit a lot of threes, which is going to keep them in a game. Again, like a team that limits possessions, if if Buffalo is able to convert on threes on their possessions, um, it's going to force Texas Tech into a lot of things. But, man, um, it started off like – on a 10 to two run for Texas tech to start the game. Oh yeah. Tech was up. I, th- I think by 11, I think, I think they were up 19 to eight at one point. And I just kind of, I was at home and I kind of just started checking out a little bit, which was not smart. <laughs> and I, I knew better, but I still thought, Oh wow. Okay. Well, I, I guess this is how this is going to go. And tech's just eventually going to run away with it. But, uh, Buffalo definitely made their run later, and Tech went mm-hmm. ice cold, and which they, they took the lead for their only time. Yeah, it was one a, point lead. Buffalo was able to amass a one point lead. Um, that's their largest lead of the game, and it was th- three and a half minutes to go in the first half. After that, once they got that one point lead, they went on an hour long scoring drought or a field goal scoring drought. Yeah, they had that. a couple of free throws sprinkled in. Um, well, it was, it was an hour real time. Yeah. Granted, there was a 20-minute halftime in the middle of this. But Texas Tech finished the first half on an 8-0 run and then started the f- second half on like a 18-3 to run. 
that sounds <laughs> it so, sounds as in, unbelievable as I think that number actually was. That's got to be it. It's close to that. Because I, I think at one point, it, it may not have been the end of that run, but it was like a 26-3 to three run over that span from the end of the first half into the second half before Buffalo hit a few shots. You're like, okay, okay. Yeah. They're coming back. But yeah, at that exactly. point, you were up. You, you had gotten to like a 25-point lead. Yeah, you led by as much as 29 mm-hmm. in With the about second half. 10 minutes to go in the second half, you had a 29-point lead. Labar pointed this out. You very nearly doubled them up NCAA tournament style yeah. in, in the second half. Yeah, um, in the round of 32. You were, I think, two or three points away, and this is right when Buffalo started scoring again. It's right when it, it got... I think it was like 62 to, no, it was like, help me out here, like 62-33, and you're like, we've got like three or four more points, or whatever it was, to like, you doubled them up, and then they... They wouldn't let us have it. They wouldn't, wouldn't let you have it. I don't blame them. Um, and you didn't get a 30-point lead. That 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 elusive 40-point lead never, never materialized, because I doubt it's going to happen. Against Michigan, I doubt it's going to happen against Gonzaga if you make it through. I doubt it's going to happen against Duke if you make oh it through. Oh my gosh, no! So, if that happens though, if you get a forty-point lead in one of those games, like everybody's gonna, everybody's going to be like penciling Tech in all the way through. Um, Jarrett Culver again led the team in scoring. Did not have twenty-nine points, had sixteen, but you had all five starters in double figures scoring-wise. Culver had 16. Odeyase had the game of his life. He had 14 points, 15 rebounds. Um, Moretti had 11 points. Mooney had 11 points. Owens had 10 points. As a team, you had three blocks. They, they were they were they, all by Mr. Culver. They all came from Mr. Culver. The the one thing that is a little concerning um, is Culver also had five turnovers. Right, but. As did and, Mooney. And, yes, he did. And, and Mooney had five turnovers in both games. The turnovers that Mooney and Culver had, they were, it seemed like they were in the first half, and that's kind of what helped keep Buffalo close, or to close that gap in the first half. Um, they were just weird times when, like, Culver was trying to hand the ball off to Moretti, and they, like, ran into each other. Yeah, and, I remember like, that one. A Buffalo player just picked up the ball. There was one like, just they took the ball from Culver. Like he was driving, and just like all of a sudden, like he doesn't have the ball anymore. What happened? Right. Which is as ironic because he did that to them in the second half. Like he just just ripped it from somebody's hands. Um, but yeah, the 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 team, the game that everybody was a little, maybe a little concerned about. Um, you know, you're looking at a three six game. You're like, man, this is a a chance for a another mid-major to, to kind of sneak up and um, make a name for themselves. You ended up just blowing them out. It was the biggest lead of, uh, I think, any of the games of, of Saturday or Sunday. I don't think any game was clo- close to what you had. Um, I don't know their season shooting percentage, but you held Buffalo to 36.5% shooting from the field, 33.3 from three, and only 50% from the line. Um, so a team that runs around, um, that has really quick possessions, uh, scores 80 points a game, 
you held them to 37% shooting and 58 points. 25 and half. Well, and there was some stuff, you know, you mentioned the speed. There was some stuff before. I didn't really look that into it. I think some folks on Twitter got really riled up about one of their players talking about Texas Tech playing slower and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But Texas Tech does play slower. They use up a lot of shot clock. They set up a half-court offense. They make as many passes as they can. That makes sense. As it takes. Right. And that's what they do. So I I wasn't I think some some other people just thought that maybe apparently they meant that our guys run slower but and got upset but that doesn't make sense either. So the one thing I wanted to to touch on on that is we've been given Seth Davis a lot of a lot of crap and rightfully so because his he, pregame pick was like his pregame pick in the athletic was tech and not only tech to win but tech to cover and I think the spread was three and a half. It wasn't very big, but he did have tech picked to cover. But his his video pick before the game, he was in his video. He was pick. like, "Screw that! It's Buffalo all the way." He had their like their their logo up. And he was like shaking that around. Yeah, he's like, "This is going to be a big upset." And he put "upset" in quotes, quotes air quotes, because yeah. Buffalo's just as good. And that's that's fine. But one thing I wanted to give him some credit for is in the post that he wrote for The Athletic where he did pick Tech to win, he said that it is much easier to... Um, or it's it's really hard for a fast team to make a slow team play fast. Something of that effect. So it's, it's more likely that Tech is going to force their type of game onto Buffalo than the other way around. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Tech just methodically would take the ball down the court, find an open shot. I think Tariq Owens had two monstrous alley-oops. Uh, I know one of them was right out of a timeout. He rolled from the top of the key and Mooney hit him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just beautiful. So I I think Buffalo's had a great season. They had, they had a good now. team. Yeah, I mean, I said had. <laughs> had in past tense. Uh, but I, I don't think we should take too much into – what they said before the game about playing slower. I think it was just more of a philosophy thing. Or take too much from what the coach said after the game and said that um, he made, I don't remember the exact comment he made, but it was essentially that if we played them four times, it may, it may have been a different story or, or something. I don't know. Hey, which is fine. I mean, it's true. You see it. I, maybe you don't go on an hour long scoring drought. Right. And, and you see those type of games, that's kind of the negative side of a seven-game NBA playoff series. You see that a lot. It's it's bizarre. One night a team will lose by twenty-five, then the next time the next night they'll win by twenty-five, and it'll just go back and forth like that. And then finally you'll have a competitive game seven. It seems like they just decide, oh well, we're down by fifteen, whatever. We're we're not going to win. Next- Let's just do whatever for the rest of the game, and then we'll. You know, we've got a few more to figure this out. But it, he might have a point, but college is so much different than, than pros, and the mentality of it is different. So you beat the Buffalo Bulls 78-58. California, here we come. Going to the Sweet 16, baby. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to pipe that back in. That was a nice <laughs> surprise. Had to. Welcome to the OC. Texas I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it. Uh, 
you know, PG here. Sorry. Uh, appreciate it. Texas Tech will face the two seed Michigan on Thursday night, 839 Central Time on good old CBS. Um, really quickly, let's look at the rest of the Sweet 16. The other okay. teams that, that advanced with you. Um, out of the West, you have the one seed Gonzaga and the four seed Florida State. Which so I I thought this was really interesting. Um, two so like half of the the regions had one two three four advance to the Sweet Sixteen. One region had one two three five, and the other one had one two three twelve. So the twelve is obviously the outlier here. Oregon, the five, and Auburn was. I mean, not the four seed Kansas, but not that out of the out of the ordinary. But like, if you ignore Oregon, which uh, you can't, they're, they're a twelve seed in the in the Sweet Sixteen. Like, this is one of the most like as expected almost Sweet Sixteens that there is because very nearly had chalk Sweet Sixteen one well, through four top four seeds out of every bracket make it through. Well, and that was what was mentioned on Friday. Excuse me, or uh, good one. This <laughs> for the the round of thirty two. It was the first time I believe that every favored team has won. I don't think there were any. I don't think there were any upsets to get into the Sweet Sixteen. Although I'm trying to, it seems like Auburn upset. Kansas. I keep hearing this on the radio, but I'm not sure how it know. makes sense. I don't know if it was much of an upset. I mean, it was a, a four or five game. So if it was an upset, it was a very small one. Um, but I think I, I remember hearing it right Be- because of the upset that uh, UC Irvine had to get in. Um, Cause they, they defeated the four seed on that side, Kansas state. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a 12, 13 seed was going to face Virginia. So there wasn't like, it was a 12 versus 13, 12 made it through, um, and then the five over four. So you had two games with a a one seed difference. So the upsets that were there, it was only a possible one seed difference. Um, Auburn over Kansas um, would be the only upset because Oregon was the 12 over the 13 UC Irvine. So, right. Uh, Thursday's games will go as follows. Gonzaga, Florida State uh, from the West will be at 6.09 on CBS. The two seed and the three seed from the South, Tennessee versus Purdue, 6.30 on TBS. Then these games will follow um, Michigan versus Texas Tech on CBS and Virginia, Oregon from the South on TBS. Excuse me. Friday will be Michigan State, the two seed versus the three seed from the east. Um, this will mirror the same time slots from Thursday, 6 o'clock on CBS. Uh, one seed, North Carolina, five seed, Auburn from the Midwest, 6.30 on TBS. Then Duke, Virginia Tech, 8.30 to Kentucky, three, Houston at nine. These are some interesting basketball games. They're going to be They're going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean – if you're looking at, at the seeds alone, like it's not the only outlier again is Virginia, Oregon. Um, the rest of these games, you're like, man, like anybody could beat anybody. Yeah. 
Um, Florida State's played well. Gonzaga is always going to be a little scary. Um, Tennessee and Purdue could be a really good game. Michigan, Texas Tech, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Interesting to see if Oregon can keep their their little streak rolling here against Virginia. Um, again, with a team like Virginia that limits possessions, as long as Oregon is being efficient on their offensive side, could keep it really interesting. Michigan State, LSU. I didn't think LSU would make it through the weekend. Um, I either didn't know their their situation or I was overestimating the impact of what that may have been. Um, they barely made it over their sixth seed, Maryland. Um, that was a really interesting game I watched Saturday afternoon before baseball. Um, before T-ball, let me put it that oh, way. Oh, okay. Not baseball. This was not a baseball game I watched. Okay. <laughs> um, before the before your cubbies, yeah, before my my precious cubbies, Duke nearly lost it against UCF and Taco Fall. Um, that was so very close. The the officials definitely carry Duke into that the the Sweet Sixteen. That final foul where um, Taco Fall fouled out and put Zion Williamson shooting free throws. That was a charge. Dude like lowered his shoulder and trucked taco fall was taco in the restricted area no it was he was in the lane he wasn't in the restricted restricted area he's so he started from like the elbow area he's he's menacingly large i mean he probably fell and hit his head out of bounds from from where he got knocked over but possibly that's also because he's nearly eight feet tall possibly the bottom of the backboard first (laughs) possibly that there was a there's a replay of a dunk from that game it was taco fall dude maybe got up to his tiptoes yeah when he dunked it i haven't it was towards i, I know <laughs> towards that the end. yes it was towards the end of the game because i watched that live and and they passed it into him and, and he just immediately threw it down and i just i it's like there's no movement i know it was it was jarring because i haven't watched a lot of ucf basketball and i'm not used to seeing what is he seven six seven seven foot six inches tall okay i'm not used to seeing a lot of seven six guys anymore you know George and he's 350 Mirasan pounds. Murasan is so no longer around. and He's got some bulk to him, too. Yeah. He's, he's not like a little bean pole. Yeah, he's not a minute bowl out there, but he was <laughs> Speaking of minute very bowl, impressive. you know, his son, Bull Bull. Bull Bull. Oregon team. I think he's like 7'3 or something. I didn't know he was that tall. Was he hurt? Bull Bull. I think he was yes. hurt. He's 7'3. But, yeah, with, with Taco, that was – I just – you just kind of forget. I, we had Boban Marjanovic, I, I can't say his last name, on the Spurs for a couple of years, and it was kind of that same way. He'd come Who out. Who cares about the Spurs? Well, he was he was seven three, I think, and he was one of those guys that they would do that same thing too. And he would just he, the ball the ball would wind up in his hands, and then before you knew it, it was dunked. You don't even know how it happened. You don't know how much he jumped if he jumped at all. It's just in his hands. There's people all around him. Did not matter. He just he, okay. Yeah. I'm going to dunk it. There's nothing you can. There's not a thing you can do about it. And that was, you know, really jarring to see that towards the end of that game. And I thought, man, I, they just gotta just gotta get him the ball in there. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to. You you never want to look ahead that far, but you do just have it in the back of your mind. If Tech were somehow able to get past Michigan and presumably Gonzaga they would face Duke more than likely or maybe not if UCF were to knock them out. 
So I was I had it on the split screen during that part of the game. I was flipping back and forth yeah. because at the time it was like it was lining up really well. There were some timeouts on the during the Texas Tech game. I could flip yeah. back and watch the action on the the Duke UCF game, vice versa. So Bull Bull, his name is Bull Manute Bull, son of Manute Bull. Makes sense. Yeah, um, he's seven three, wingspan of seven eight. So he's got the. That's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Texas Tech, Michigan. Um, confession: I suck as a podcast host. I didn't get a Michigan expert to get on the podcast with us this week. Tears are streaming down my face as I say this. But Dan has staking the planes covered. Yeah. So we we definitely will still we staking the planes, and Dan will have us covered. Um, with somebody from umhoops.com. Yep. They're uh, they're kind of like the well, I'm not I'm not sure. They're they're a pay site. They're it's a pay, pay site, site for uh, Michigan fans. Yep. Um this game though, it is so much like looking into the mirror. Um Texas Tech BPI of a score of 17.4, Michigan BPI 18.4. Um Sorry, I was looking for something really quickly. The Texas Tech defense, I think, is first. Michigan's third. Right, uh, inefficiency. Inefficiency. Uh, the Tech offense, I think, is a slightly lower rate. I think it's 34th. No. 59th? I don't know. I haven't looked at the offensive numbers. The, the offensive numbers are a little bit behind Michigan's. Um, but I think, that may, I think that may be season numbers and not like the past – 10, 12 games. Because if you're looking at that, Texas Tech offensive numbers should be a little bit higher. Um, well, I wanted to go then to that. But you also, you also can't discount the games where you struggled. Because right. that's, that's still part of who you are. Well, I wanted to go into that a little bit. We're, we are in the middle of a Moretti slump, if there is such a thing. Uh, our guy, our favorite Italian, has taken seven threes. The Italian Italian. He's taken seven threes in the NCAA tournament and made zero. Which is a little bit worrisome. And Mooney, who was starting to catch fire a little bit there towards the end of the Big 12 season, he's hit two threes. But he's taken a bunch more, hasn't he? Uh, He's only taken six. Okay, so he's He hasn't taken a lot, but he hasn't been confident enough to take them either. And for us to kind of hang around with Michigan, I really think Moretti's got to start connecting on on those threes. He's... He's had open or looks. Deshaun Corpru. Or Corpru. Or Kyler guy. Edwards. Kyler Edwards came in and hit a couple of threes back to back in that Buffalo game. Um, yeah, he sure did. Not that you were getting concerned, but Buffalo's offense was starting to score a little bit in the second half. Um, Edwards came in and hit those, three, uh, those two threes back to back that kind of carried Tech through that little mini run and extinguished any momentum that Buffalo was able to build. Um, right. And, and Corpru's, he's only taken two threes, but he made one. He, he made one. It was a really flat shot. I don't know if you saw it. It was in, in the last game. It was a thing of beauty. Kind of a doink. <laughs> it still counts, man. So I I worry about that a little bit. Uh, not too much. I I would not be surprised at all if Moretti came out on Thursday night and 
you know, went four for six or something from three <laughs> three point land. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I and it, what's what's crazy with his threes, with the exception of maybe one or two, they all looked like they were going in to me. Mm-hmm. Every one of them just seemed like, oh man, all right, that one's going in. And then you were surprised, and he was probably just as surprised as we were that they didn't. So I think this is a little just just a matter of time. Maybe the maybe the uh, the Tulsa air wasn't kind to him. He'll he'll do better out in a kind of a drier Anaheim climate. Is Anaheim dry or are they close to the coast? I I don't know the I don't know the geography of Southern California. Oh yeah, they well they are close to the coast. That was They're a lot closer dumb. than Tulsa is. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but I, I still think it's weird. It's not humid out there. It's just quick weather check. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It it's not like going to Corpus or you know, Houston or something. It's a balmy sixty four degrees there right now. Yeah. Uh, weather for Thursday, high of 69. Nice. Low of 50. Uh, humidity, 53%, 10% chance of rain, 12 mile per hour wind. I just know it doesn't rain out there. It doesn't rain here either. Mm-mm. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of, kind of a more, a closer climate to Lubbock than. It's a humid, non rainy environment. Yeah. With All a right. beach. Yeah, with a beach. <laughs> All right. Let's let's look at the, um, this game by the numbers. We already talked about the BPI. 17.4 for Tech, 18.4 for Michigan. Um, 538 has Texas Tech as a slight favorite. Is this percentage 5149? Uh, yes, that's that's percentages. And these are all cur- courtesy of Kyle with his yep. uh, coast. Or, gosh, man. I, good thing I don't talk for a living. Tournament odds, sweet Kyle's post. post. Yep. Yes. Uh, Haslametrics has Tech losing very slim margins, sixty point eight to sixty one point four, so less than a full point difference there. The point spread is, depending where you look, one and a half or two points in favor of Michigan. Yep. Um, betting odds has Michigan at minus one thirty five, or as low as one twenty. Um, uh, sorry, m- minus one twenty for Michigan or plus one ten for Tech. Um, over under at 126. So, I mean, geez, that's like a first one of 60 wins, right? That's a really, that's a really great line. It's a really low. It's like, oh, gosh, because you, you think, oh yeah, well that's, they've got to go over that. And then you think about it a little bit it's more. It's like the two of the top three defenses in the country. Yeah, in terms man, of if someone won this game 63 to 60, I wouldn't be that in, oh man, maybe I should take that. That's a great line. Of course. And that would be the that's, under. That's their job. Yeah. Um, translation, according to Michael, all caps. It's going to be close, folks. Yes. I, I do believe that the days of running people out of the gym in the NCAA tournament have officially come to an end. Okay, but come on. How much fun would it be if we put 30? I'd be stellar. I'd, a 30-point lead on Michigan. I, I would. I have Friday off, which is fortunate. I, I, think, I think we're taking a half day so we can get on the road to Dallas. Yeah, we're, we're going out of town this weekend, too. So I've got Friday off. I would um, I would celebrate as long as I possibly could, which means probably at least ten minutes after the game's over, because it's going to be late. I'm going to be tired. As much fun as I had, like watching the Buffalo game, I don't think there was a lot of post game celebration besides watching like every single video that came out on Twitter from the athletic department. One, they couldn't post any game highlights; it had to come from the NCAA, which I think is a stupid rule, both for basketball tournament and for baseball postseason tournaments no ncaa doesn't make stupid rules i, I think we're just you're a, right we're you're all right. wrong i don't know what i'm talking about yeah yeah 
Um, but all those game, all those videos, amateur sports, all those videos. Excuse me from the post game about the the locker room dance, the little post game speech from Beard talking about playing for the man next to you. Um, he said that they were picked, you know, to finish last in the conference. They weren't picked last. I think they were bottom half for sure. I think they were seventh. Seventh. Because I was about to get them confused with where Bailey was picked because they were picked at ninth. Um, and they're back-to-back Sweet 16 trips. Um, interesting note, Beard picked up another $50,000 bonus for winning and getting to the Sweet 16. It's His not too bad. season bonus total was up to 425000 I wouldn't mind just, just, just taking that, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a write-off. Go ahead and keep your 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 base salary and I'll, I'll take the the bonus. I, but speaking of money really quickly, this is not related at all. <laughs> Supposedly I heard on whatever it was, Mike and Mike. You have to excuse the audio autoplay video. <laughs> I know. They they pop up out of nowhere. The the amount of money that Rob Gronkowski's made mm-hmm. as a player he has yet to touch. Supposedly he has sixty million dollars in the bank. Just sitting there. I wouldn't according to one of not Mike and Mike, whatever the show is now, with Greenberg on it. No, not Greenberg. Ugh. The one on the radio. The Mike that didn't get Golick? to stay on TV. Golick. Golick and Wingo. <laughs> Golick and Wingo. Wingo. Sorry, I don't know. Wingo baby. ESPN per ESPN personalities that well. <laughs> oh, that was so terrible. That was awful. We gotta we gotta get that drop. <laughs> hey producer, did you save that? Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's coming up next. Um, so I think without having a, a Michigan preview here, the, the one thing that we can point you to is a, an article from 97, the 97.1 FM, The Ticket. Um, he's talking about Michigan's plan to slow down Jarrett Culver, which is everybody's plan. Let's, let's be honest. That's it's not like everybody's going to focus on, dude, we have to stop Norenzo Diase. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad plan. No, that's like, not a bad plan. But We've, if you're ignoring Culver, you're going to get you're going to have to double housed. Team, yeah, you're going to have to double team Odiase anytime a shot goes up. Dude, he was so physical. He's going to grab it. He was like, well, let's let's bounce back just really quickly. Okay, you know how we talked about how we only had two offensive rebounds. You're right you're against right. the Norse. We did not talk about that. Texas enough. Tech as a team had 15 against Buffalo, and that included. The uh, seven that you mentioned from our guy, Norenzati Odiase. Seven offensive rebounds, eight defensive rebounds. Yeah. And his minutes went up from, I think it was 14 to 25. So Beard obviously left him in there. I mean, he was being as effective as hell. Why wouldn't Dude, you he, Why wouldn't you leave him in there? Four for four from the field, six yeah. of seven from the free throw line. The dude missed one shot all day, and it was, it a, was free a free throw. throw. He picked up as many points. Almost as many points as, as as he took shots for. Yeah. I mean. Even had an assist. The dude was all over the place. Yep. So One I, turnover. I, I was really impressed with his play. And sh- yeah, maybe, maybe they should game plan for maybe. Hopefully no Wolverine fans are listening to this. But maybe they should game plan some some way to keep him away from the glass. I don't know how you do it. but You had 30 defensive rebounds in the game against Buffalo. Um, compared to 13 offensive rebounds for Buffalo. So on the when Buffalo's shooting the ball and they missed, 
you had a 30 to 13 advantage on if you were grabbing the ball or if they were. It was one of the almost a three to one advantage. Yeah. And it was one of the big factors of the game was just the dominance on the class. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to what we talked about losing to West Virginia in the big 12 tournament. West Virginia dominated the class. They had all sorts of second chance shots. I don't know what tech was thinking, what they were doing. They weren't finding anybody to, to block out guys were sneaking around the back corner all the time getting rebounds, getting easy shots. So it kind of glad I didn't watch that game. Yeah. It's been a nice, you know, the Norse game was, was odd just having two offensive rebounds, but the, the rebound discrepancy was a little bit closer. The Norse still out rebounded you. I think it was 37, 31, but then you just dominated or 39, 31, sorry. Then you dominated Buffalo on the glass and tech's got to be able to do that. And it's going to be so much, it's going to be difficult to do that against Michigan. But if you do. Yeah. If you do. Look out. Yeah. If you do, you are in, you are in good shape. You're in the elite eight. You're, oh man. What a, what a crazy thought. Back to back years, maybe. This was a, this was a stat that Don Williams was arguing a little bit on Twitter. Wait, wait, which Don Williams? Well, <laughs> the, the gentle giant from Floyd data has, he's no longer with us, but Don Williams from the AJ had, uh, he, he argued a little bit with the Texas Tech basketball Twitter account who said this is the first time that Tech has made back-to-back Sweet 16s in program history. And Don said, well, actually they made they made it to the round of 16 in, in the 60s two years in a row. And then, But that was a smaller tournament, right? Well, it wasn't just that, but the Tech account said yes, but it wasn't called the Sweet 16 then. And then they kind of went back and forth, and I quit reading it. I just thought, okay, I get the gist. So there was, <laughs> and of course, he probably was like, "No, no, I'm, I'm still right." Tech, Don Tech Williams. made it. Tech made it to the round of sixteen, back to back, more than once. Okay, that's fine. Back one of them the was, yeah. yeah, one of them was sixty years ago. But and you had you had to play at least one fewer game, yeah, to get there, right? But of course, one fewer. He only played two. Yeah, but you did get there, back to back, and. In the same, uh, same two years in a row, which means, what's that mean? It means, hold on. Oh, wait for it. <laughs> California, here we come. <laughs> Sorry, the the computer was on mute. The first. Did you ever even watch the OC? I've never seen an episode of it. Oh my gosh! But every chance I get to drop California, here we come. Well, I'm I'm all for it. And here's the thing: the team's already there. Like they flew out today. They did. They're Avery there. Benson had his cowboy hat on. Stetson. His John Wayne quote <laughs> on the Twitter. Um, sorry, let's get back to the, uh, the the matchup of the game. Culver versus Charles Matthews. Yeah, that, that article you mentioned from 97 won the ticket. Uh, the the guys that are host, <clears throat> excuse me, Jamie and Stoney, who I, I don't know and I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to know. They're guys that host a radio show and they had uh, – John Beeline call in and they talked about Michigan versus tech. And that was exactly what he mentioned was that he's, he's going to get uh, Charles Matthews on Culver. And it sounds like Matthews, I am not obviously a follower of the Michigan Wolverines, but Matthews is kind of a lockdown defender and could be a guy that could really affect what Culver likes to do. 
So hopefully we can get him in foul trouble as quick as possible. Maybe he won't be on the court as much. Yeah, So and they also uh, reference the first in defensive efficiency uh, where Michigan's third. They rank third in the country, to Texas Tech does, and points against per game behind only Michigan and Virginia. Um, Thursday's game may well be a race or a struggle to 60. Called yeah. it. I, I didn't read the article before I said that, too. So, no. to 60 wins. I agree. Um, yeah, so the, the thing about it, this, this uh, Charles Matthews is going to be the guy that draws the short straw trying to defend Culver. I think which he's the a guys, sophomore. The, the guys um, here... Jamie and Stoney said, let's, let's be real. Like to slow Culver down dash, there's really no stopping him dash. Baleen, you said his name is beeline beeline. That makes more sense. We'll deploy. We'll deploy his best defender. Um, Charles Matthews. Yep. Charles Matthews is an elite defender. This is from the coach is an, an elite defender and he takes it personally. Um, but he's really a good player, and Charles has faced really good players. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but it should be a great battle between two great players. Which, okay, so I I, I prefer to hear that coach speak. Like, okay, we're, we're going to put our, our best defender on their best player, and we're going to see like how, how it turns out. Not yeah. this, Texas Tech got lucky. We would have beat them. We played them three more times. <laughs> Buffalo Bulls all the way, baby. <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> no, I... I, I like I like what he had to say, and I as uh, as a guy who's a, a fan of Kawhi Leonard, even though he's no longer on my beloved Spurs, I'm interested to see this matchup myself now. California, here we come. That's where we're going to see it. California, here we um, go. Gosh, I'm just waiting for like a cease and desist letter one day from from all these licensed media clips but here's the thing we're, we're not we're not we're not a for-profit organization here we're, no. we're not non-profit but we're not i think we're not making any money on this racket i think phantom planet would let us slide maybe maybe josh hey, schwartz would let us we're, slide. Um, we're, we're promoing the oc guys yeah yeah it just also really helps that texas tech fans texas tech basketball is heading to california i know i've got a uh one of the guys in my office he went to Tulsa for both games, he and his family. And then during the beatdown, his wife booked tickets for them to fly to Anaheim. What a wonderful wife. It's it's a beautiful thing. So they're, they're <laughs> going to go to Anaheim. I mean, they're huge sports tech sports nuts. They went to Madison to see them play Duke. So uh, you they, made, they were probably singing. California, here we come. <laughs> they, will, they will be. It hasn't gotten old to me yet. <laughs> I don't know. Probably everybody's like, stop. No, it's fine. Or they, 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 they see it coming and they hit like just in their minds. It's S-T-A-A-A-A-H-P. Stop. <laughs> no, it takes it takes them back to. Good know, days. Yeah, it takes them back to the days of Christmas Hanukkah and all the other things, all the other crazy things that would happen on the OC. And Oliver. Oliver was the worst. What a guy. <laughs> people hostage and stuff terrible terrible yeah so as 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 we mentioned a little bit earlier dan has an interview um 
with Dylan Burkhart of umhoops.com. That should be going up on Staking the Plains next day or so. I think it's tomorrow or maybe maybe Thursday morning. Um, we have previewed the questions he's going to ask. There's there's a really good one in there that uh, I'm going to share with you guys now. Sorry. Spoiler alert. No, I, I should be apologizing to, to Dan, but it was a question that he said he always likes to throw in like like questions where the opposing fans end up hating him. Um, it's actually a question from Keith. Sorry. Where will the team go for comfort food after getting bounced from the tourney by tech? Do you think he'll actually do that? I certainly hope he does. He, Cause here's the thing. It's going to be a whole different realm of restaurants out there. And, uh, California. <laughs> you snuck that one in. <laughs> Usually I've been usually I've been able to see it coming. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're so unprofessional. Michael, get your crap together. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This was my idea to play this song. Yeah, you you wrecked it. This was all your fault. My gosh. Okay. So, what else what else we got to talk about? Nothing. We're going to talk about football, we're going to talk about baseball, and we're going to talk about my yard. Okay. Let's do it. Football. Footy, footy, football. First of three spring practices coming up this weekend, March 30th, 2 p.m., Lubbock, Texas, Jones, AT&T Stadium. Um, this will be a uh, open-to-the-public event. It will be team scrimmage like I know the my my official friend my friend that's an official for the American Athletic Conference <laughs> I thought you meant you had an official designated friend he, he is I thought my, that was really sweet yeah he's he's so good he's so good to let me tag him give him the official tag and I'm just an unofficial friend but you've got an official friend I have an official around. friend um the official that is officiates in the American athletic conference does a lot of Houston games was there for the Houston game actually against tech this year. He'll be at this game. Um, he's also one of our biggest vendors from our professional, my professional work at the hospital. Tell him to go easy on us. Don't call no pass interference or nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, that'll be this weekend, Saturday, 2 PM. Uh, I think it's set up in a way that you can attend other home events i don't know sorry the baseball team's on the road i know that um i don't know if i believe softball's at home i believe there are other things happening on campus that you can attend after the scrimmage there will be autograph session um that they they've done for a while they invite everybody down to the field so get ready for that first of three scrimmages is the only one in lubbock the next one will be the um, next friday april 5th in midland friday night lights um, at Grande Communication Stadium where we've had the previous Midland scrimmages before. Right. And then the official spring game is April the 13th um, in Frisco. At the Star, right? At the Star in Frisco. Well, how about that? So you'll get three scrimmages in the span of two weeks. Sorry, three weeks. Very nearly three consecutive Saturdays. Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and that'll put a wrap on the spring practice season. Did we talk about the the four players that 
were suspended last week. We did. We okay. mentioned it. I haven't seen any news I, I, updated I, I on that. Hear, did you? No, I, I heard um, Chuck Hines asked for an update about that. And he got a very curt no. Okay. All right. Um, Jamie Lint, however, said he expects those te- those guys to be back because if they were going to be gone, they'd be gone, right? Um, I can't disagree with them, but I don't know what's going on. Other than they are not currently practicing with the team, um, but they are not – they haven't been removed from the team. I hope it's not – I hope Coach Wells hasn't set some bar a little bit too high. For Can there be a bar too high? There could. Because he's all about not lowering expectations. They're trying to build a Big 12 championship program, I, Michael. I, uh, so I've heard. I, I have I have <laughs> and, heard and, this. And they're not going to lower their expectations this to make sure they keep players. This is true. This this is a thing that has been Which said. Which you would know had you watched episode one of Saddle Up, which I, I think is I a did. fantastic name. Yeah. I love the quote from Musburger. I love that it's also... I just love Musburger. Just, just mm-hmm. bring Musburger into anything. I'm good. Yeah. I also love that it's... Um, it's on like the wall in big vinyl letters in the big meeting room. Oh, I missed that. I don't know how I missed that. It's well, it, it's in the background. One of those coaches interviews that they do in the meeting room. I think it's of, of Wells and you're looking up at him, and then behind him over the shoulder is the full quote from Musburger, which if you give me a second, I can pull it up on the good old Texas tech TV. But well, what's interesting too is that they don't, uh, it's it's not it's one of those sayings that it just kind of works with Wells, but if Tommy Tuberville had tried saddle up, everybody would have just taken a huge dump on it. What what's this guy trying to pull? Come on, I, I don't get it. Oh, it's the shootout at the corral. Let's yeah, saddle up, that, whatever, buddy. That really weird like hype video, that pregame hype video they did. And they were all dressed up and cowboy get up and everything. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm kind of thinking of. That probably would have been his version of saddle up, and everybody would have come unglued. But it kind of works with this, and the and the music, the intro music for the. It's very like Western, like almost like Yellowstone, slash documentary music. Yeah, I actually tried to Shazam it today. No results. So I know. I wondered. I wonder if it's I an original it thing or, or where that came from, but it's good. Did you Did you find it? I've got it queued up. I don't know where the the quote is, though. Oh, it's right when they're zooming into the Jones. The vision for me is to put a program when they're over the Jones. The West Texas and Lubbock can be proud of. Sorry, Coach These Wells, we're going to have to skip here. Introductory press conference. Here's the the music Mike was just mentioning. If you're not a Texas Tech TV subscriber, you should definitely be. At well, least this is free. At least for the baseball season. I wonder if I plug them enough to let me just play this music for them. When you come to West Texas, folks, saddle up. You're going to go on a wild ride. There it is. Kind of, Kind of has a... Red Dead Redemption type music. I've never played it. Well, I've never seen Yellowstone. 
So we there's should. two two references neither of us get. <laughs> <laughs> um, so episode two came out yesterday. Uh, I think there was a heavy emphasis on inside receivers coach Luke Wells and the tight ends. A lot of interview uh, time with coach Luke Wells. Um, and I believe Bowman and, and, and Bowman was talking about basically every tight end on the, on the, on the, the team. He's really excited about the, the incoming freshman. Simon Gon- Gonzalez says he's probably the most athletic of the group. Um, you've got your, your H back fullback guys that were converted over Killian and Carr. Um, the biggest thing is they're trying to see if they can run routes and catch, but that they're like freight trains. They're going to, they're going to knock you over. Um, Talks about Kuntz coming in, having that little bit of polish coming from Juco. And then DT, Dante Thompson, um, making a little bit of a transition from the position he was playing last season to the the full-time tight end. He was more of a, a receiver than an uh, inline blocker, but that was kind of the focus. I wasn't able to watch the entire thing at work. Neither you know, was I. It's, it's been a had, crazy week. Had work to do. Um, but it's 15 minutes of your time. Available on Texas Tech TV. You said it's it's free day after. Yes, so. uh, it's like today, I was able to just watch it. Uh, just Texas Tech TV. Texas Tech TV mm-hmm. on demand. Um, on your Roku and on your is Apple TV. Apple TV. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how that works. I wonder if you are not a Texas Tech subscriber, if you could still watch it on those devices. I'm unsure, but I know on a web browser you can watch it or on your phone. I'm I'm a big fan that they they were able to add those. That, yeah. Add the Texas Tech TV app into Roku. That's great. Because we have a Roku TV. I was able to add that on instead of having to try to screen mirror or use Chromecast on the other TV in our house. Never um, quite works right, and it takes up a device for and it, three it's, hours. It's on like a weird delay, and the longer you're in, like your commercial breaks, you get further and further behind. So if you like push like the live button every time it goes to commercial and see if you can skip a minute then or you whatever. Miss, miss something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that it's it's been a really entertaining documentary series, docu series. That's gonna be loud. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I was wondering if it was. He was about to throw an empty Gatorade bottle into a plastic trash can across the room. I was like, that's gonna be loud. That's close. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, being able to catch one of these scrimmage. I don't know if any of them are gonna be on TV. Maybe the spring game in Frisco. I, I was looking that up. I, I haven't found anything for sure. Because I, I will on the be, website. I'll be out of town this weekend. Uh, As going, will I. Going to a cousin's wedding in Dallas. Have a T-ball game on Friday night. Not that I would have really driven down to Midland to watch that. Now that I live in Lubbock, and then the weekend in um, in Frisco, we have more T-ball here that I'll need to be at, um, where my actual manager of the team will be out. So I'll be interim manager head coach of a four-year-old four-year-old t-ball team it's full duty it's something man it's yelling at four-year-olds which i i quickly found out was a really futile effort frowned upon oh oh just not worth it they don't respond (laughs) i accomplished nothing but getting like screaming the parents like man who's that psycho out there screaming at my kid (laughs) And then, like, nothing actually changes on the field. So I was like, you know what? That's just making me more upset. I'm going to yeah. stop yelling. Yeah. Let's <laughs> enough of the yelling. We also have a new practice plan that, like, we have, we're allowed defensive coaches in the field for the first half of the season. 
so we have uh, we have four coaches. We all have like our little section of the team, and like that's the that's the field that we're responsible for. So I have three players in my my section. My son's one of them, and he's at baseball. He tries to be a good listener, but like as a four year old, still has the attention span of a goldfish. So yeah, it seems. But he's he's trying. I've I've I made a really serious request plea. I was like Grayson, bud. I need you to be the example. Oh man, I got he's told like, that as a kid. Like, yes, sir. I was the example kid. Yeah, and he, look how I turned out. I'm great. He tries, which I'm I'm grateful for. Yeah, we got kids on the team that like do not care. No, that's good. That's that's all. That's all you can hope for at this age like, is a little bit of effort. You know, and he's standing there in his position, like in his ready position. Like, Dad, when is it gonna be my turn to go bat? I was like, watch the ball. <laughs> he's like, okay. All right, speaking of baseball, Texas Tech Red Raiders just finished up a five-game weekend series, kind of. You had two two series. You had a three-game series against Michigan Wolverines. It's too bad that couldn't line up a little bit better, play the basketball and baseball at the same time, although it would have been a little more distracting trying to figure out where to put your attention. Um, You swept Michigan. You outscored them 29-10 to over the weekend, 11-2, to 10-3, 8-5. Um, then Stetson and Michigan played on Saturday. I think Michigan won like 16 to five. Oh, I didn't even see that score. I didn't think about adding that to, yep. and then to s- our notes. Well, it's just more like just FYI. And then Texas Tech played Stetson, um, Sunday, Monday, you lost the Sunday game five to seven in 10 innings. So it went to extras. Um, it required some late game heroics. You, you tied the game bottom of the ninth. Um, the Doug Facendo pinch hit two run double. Yeah, because they were down With five to three, right? Five three. Yep. Uh, you tied it five five five, and then Stetson was able to put two more runs up in the tenth, and you couldn't answer. So you lose that game. Come back and win yesterday's game five four. Um, I I turned this game on Texas Tech TV. I got back to my desk after lunch. It wasn't working for me over lunch. Got back. It was all of a sudden working. Texas Tech was up five zero. And then very quickly, after I started watching, it's five to four. I was like, what is happening? You did it. It was me. It was it was definitely you. It was my my jinx. So I apologize for uh the closeness of that game. Texas Tech was still able to pull it off. Um I got this sweet new baseball scoring book that I was able to try out uh for one of the games this weekend. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. It's the Bob Carpenter scorebook. I wonder what Keith uses. I know he's he, he so he uses a version of the Bob Carpenter scorebook. Yeah, um, this guy he's the radio announcer for the Nationals. Um, he's developed this after like thirty years of calling games. He's got a TV version, a radio version, and a fan version. So the TV and radio version are for the professionals calling the games. It like has more space and more area for details and stuff to keep them. Oh, a- I'm able an idiot. To, to pull all the stats. I thought it was for the person watching on TV. No, the no, no, person no. It, listening to it on the radio. It's for the guy <laughs> calling the game on TV. That Call- makes so much more sense. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I, with you now. I got the I got the version for fans just because I'm not at a, at a point where I'm going to be calling a baseball game. That may be cool. I'm also I have a hard time like keeping up with like the scorebook on my own, let alone like trying to like call out a game and like also be taking notes on the side. Um, 
I can't imagine doing both. It's been something like I, I picked up a few years ago, scoring a baseball game that I've enjoyed doing. Um. Anyways, Bob Carpenter scorebook, shout out. Um, and it's a good way to keep engaged. I've. I mean, I talk like I've done it. I haven't ever done it, but as a as an outsider fan of baseball it would it would be a good way to to keep yourself engaged because there's there's a lot of times you may just wander off and go do something for a little bit just because you quote unquote think something isn't exciting at the moment but baseball can turn into something really exciting really quickly so you you know for the the kind of lulls in between the the really exciting bits you kind of need a little bit to carry you through if you're not a diehard fan sometimes the other thing is, is i mean it, that in the best way possible everybody yeah he's believe he's, me he's not trying to put all, all no. those baseball fans down or no the game definitely of baseball. well and i you know i'm the older i get the more i like it i just it's just not it hasn't been something i've searched for for years you know on the on the tv it's also a way to keep track like because you know baseball guys they track they write everything down everything it's a way that you can like go back in the moment and say oh you know i, I remember gabe holt it's just like his third at bat this at bat today i don't remember exactly how how he did you look he's got your scorebook right in front of you he's like oh he walked in the first inning and struck out in the fourth or reached on a fielder's choice and advanced on a pass ball and stole third and Sorry. scored on a sacrifice fly like you, you you can pull that up really quickly and it's like i remember he got on base yeah. Well, if you try to pull up that kind of stuff, even with the stat sheets that you have available online, it's play by play or it's mm-hmm. if someone asked you that question, you know, well, how did he do it as third at bat? You'd have to sift through a lot of, okay, all right, play by play. It's, it's not, it's not broken up by play. Let's start in the second inning and see, okay, was that his third at bat though? Actually, I'm not quite sure. And it, yeah, it, yep. it's it, so much easier to be able to look at that book and, and find exactly what you need. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Also helps keep track of like trends game to game. You can like going into the game, you can say, okay, Gabe Holt's thirty-two game on on base streak is still alive. You can track it through the game. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I think he made it on one of those games. The one game that was like concerned was going to get broken. I know his eleven-game hit streak came to an end. Um, I don't know if his on-base streak, but one of the things that if you're keeping a better book than I am. Or if you keep, you know, if you watch all the games, that's the other thing is like, if you don't keep a book for all the games and it's like, well, kind of what's the point? Yeah, but, but it's still, it's fun. It's still fun. Something you can pick up I, here I, and there. I'm, I'm enjoying doing that. It's also kind of cool to look at it. It's like you're writing in like symbol, like not symbols, but you've got like shorthand for everything. Like where, like if it was a single, double, triple home run, if he was hit, if he walked, there's a sacrifice, how he was put out. If there's a double play, you've got three numbers there. What does that mean? It's, it's kind of cool to look back on. It's like, man, this looks like gibberish, but I know what it means. <laughs> Secret language. It's, that you it's like, a code. I understand. It's a code of the baseballers. Yeah. You'd have to, you would have to teach me this, teach me this code. I will teach you to baseball. Okay. Um, Big 12 play resumes this weekend. Texas Tech heads up to Manhattan, Kansas, take on the Kansas State Wildcats Friday through Sunday. Uh, Games will be broadcast on ESPN3? Yeah. It said ESPN3 
according to Texas Tech's website on all three games. So it's hopefully we all can. The, the basketball's off of ESPN at this point. Yeah, they don't got a lot of stuff <laughs> they could show. There's not a lot of content left. So hopefully we can we can all tune in that way. Mm-hmm. And then there will be two games midweek next week against New Mexico in the Kirky. <laughs> Sorry, this was shorthand by Michael. That's, a, that's how Adam Wednesday. and I say the Albuquerque. It's it's the Kirky. You don't want to say like ABQ or Duke City? Nah, it's the Kirky. The Kirky. Um, on the Mountain West Network. So is this a, a, a TV network we have access to? I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw it out okay, there. Well, so then, then everybody... Look for the radio broadcast, everyone else. The radio broadcast, 97.3. With, um, unless I, unless I, you live in the, in the uh, Kirky area. The Kirky area. And subscribe to the Mountain West Network. I, I think you better look out for Jeff Haxton somewhere. If he's, I guess he'd be on the call. Either it way, it depends on if there's a basketball game anytime soon. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how the days the work out. Elite Eight schedule would look like. It's gonna be Sunday. About. Yeah, the logistics of getting to Anna. Albuquerque's on the way back. Sure, it's, it's a. He has to fly separately from the rest of the basketball team. Yeah, it's on the way back. No big deal. <laughs> they just like drop him off. <laughs> yeah, just shove him out with a parachute. We're some we're somewhere over New Mexico. You'll be fine. Look for I forty. There's a big mountain there. You, you should be fine. Yeah. Um. All right, man. You want to you want to get some, some questions? We got three from Brian. We got three from Brian. I'm ready. So ready. Except I'm not. Hold on. Okay. Brian asks us one top three apple varieties. So I don't know if I can go three. I I'll give you my top two, and the rest of them are like I don't really care. Because they're either too mealy or too mushy or just junk. Number one is Fuji. They're crisp. They're sweet. It's not honey crisp. Those are junk too. How dare you? Fuji's good. Um, and then Green Apple. The That's Granny it. Smith. Yep. You've got those. The, That's the all two. You need. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm going to order them, but Honey Crisp is up there, my friend. No, it's not. Honeycrisp is there. It's trash. It's like the gala apples are. How dare you? It is not. Those are mushy and like not sweet. They don't even tart. Don't you compare Honeycrisp to, to gala apples. Jazz apples. I like me some jazz apples. <laughs> I'd have to try. I don't remember if I know jazz. You try jazz. I, I used to like Pink Ladies, but I think they've gotten a little bit too crunchy, if that makes any sense. The, the last ones I've had. And then there was one apple, and I wish I'd had asked my wife about it. There was one that some random guy, of course, once some random guy from Idaloo. No, some random guy from, from the, the orchard at United was telling my wife the, the kind of apples to get. And you, you realize quickly when you're married, how often random guys just speak to your wife in public when They're, you're not there. Hey, Hey now. Yeah. It kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, watch it brother. And, and, and it's just something that women have to deal with a lot in general, but it just, kind of rubs you the wrong way but whether he was a creeper or not he recommended a heck of an apple but i can't remember the name of it <laughs> it was really good and it was kind of a, a limited thing it was one of those hybrid ones that has only been around for a few years but it was delicious so was that was that apple variety breeding article was that shared on slack from our, our, our taking the plans guys it was okay that, that was something i hadn't really thought about was the proliferation of we, we like apples the apple uh tree yeah and and, and seth is and a big apple not, fan and not the tree as in like the plant the actual plant but the uh everybody had like a red delicious and that was like the only Ugh. apple available and and you're right they're trash they're no. they're 
it's just the worst of everything possible about an apple. Um, but then all the genetic engineering and crossbreeding that goes into creating these new breeds of apples that are um, crisp and super sweet or crisp and tart or soft and sweet. Um, any combination of, of those or anywhere in between. Um, if Michael can find that really quickly, we can share that with no, you. No, I, not, I can't find it. I'm, I'm still going to look for it. So just kind of while we're in between everything. Or little video. I can't remember, but it was fantastic. Eye-opening. If Michael finds it, we'll, we'll share it in the show notes. Um, Brian's second question. Least trustworthy fruit. So I'm, I'm not sure how to take this. Okay, I, I think I know, what you, I know what you mean there, Brian. Every time you buy it, you take a chance. Every time you buy it, it could... It's not like it's consistent and it's not like you can even judge whether or not it's going to be consistent. You may think you've found the perfect cantaloupe and then you get home and it's just crap <laughs> or, and, and cantaloupe's not a great example because even if it's not very good, you can go ahead and cut it up and just leave it in the fridge for a little while and then it'll kind of get softer and it'll, it'll ripen a little bit. You know, it, it'll have a little bit of, of give, but something like that, that's the way I look at it to where it, I, and I think one of mine and what was, how did he word it? Least trustworthy? Least trustworthy fruit. I think bananas up there for me, even though I buy bananas every week and I, I've, you know, I probably throw out like two bananas a year. I, I buy, I eat them and I buy them and you it's buy not them a big deal. And you eat them. Yeah. It's not like I'm just stockpiling bananas. The The issue is you, you kind of have trouble deciding, well, should I get five? Should I get six? Should I get seven? I don't know. And then and then you realize later, oh my gosh. I've got four left. Yeah. And, and, it's, and this one's bruised. Because it's like, been sitting there for so long. This one's bruised <laughs> like the, you know, those those bruises you'd get when someone would kick your shins. Every now and you get one of those bananas that's just bruised six inches down the whole thing. And you're like, well, this is just this is just garbage. I've got to throw this away. So Or make banana bread. Right. Yeah. I guess you could. But that one's Okay. That one's really not that untrustworthy. I, I can't think of another one. I've had some bad experience with uh, those little halos, those little mandarins. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you get a batch that's just dry. Yeah, there's like no juice in it. Right? No juice makes no sense. You're just chewing on pulp. And then after about four or five of them, you're like, that is, nope. These are all terrible. Every one of these are terrible. And it happens about every fifth or sixth bag. And you just decide, nope, these are all going in the garbage. Uh, I think berries are very untrustworthy because they all look delicious. All berries look fantastic. They have such a, like a short season too. And like you can grow them out of season, but it's like the taste of in season berries. Yeah. So I, I I would probably have to agree with you. Least trustworthy. It's going to have to be an out of season berry. Yes. Where like you're taking a shot like, uh, this could be really sweet or it could be really tart or it could be bland it Pert- could just be skin yeah and particularly I, I think strawberries are up there just because they yeah, and, just and, and they mold taste like so water quickly. yeah if you get a bad strawberry it's just kind of like you're eating yeah dirt leave water <laughs> but and, and the way they're packaged in those little plastic containers you can't tell yeah well you, you can't tell how they taste but like it also well yeah sorry <laughs> while it has holes for it to drain and, and air out whatever will still grow mold in like a day right that's what i mean is you can't you can buy it you can get home and open it and, and then like, four of them will have mold and you didn't know that <laughs> until you got home because the way they packaged them and they it was all moldy in the middle 
Yep. Okay. I think I think we settled on berries. That's probably the least trustworthy. That or peach. Yeah, peaches are hit or miss. Because you think peaches are definitely hit or miss. I don't want a crunchy peach. No, those are the worst. Like they're like underripe. Yeah. Like they were too soon and they're a little drier. Yeah. They're not sweet. A dry, crunchy peach is the worst. <laughs> no, pass. Which you would think you'd be able to feel, but I, it's been a while since I've purchased a peach. No, and they smell, they always smell delicious. Oh, they smell so good. Every time they smell delicious. We, like, we, oh, okay, well, I got to get me some peaches because it just smell, You walk in and you just. You, you smell it from the door. You're like, they oh, probably got, I'm getting some today. Well, they probably got, you know, bath and body stuff floating around and scentsy and everything but you walk in you know, oh well peaches they're going to be good today and i'll put them in a little brown bag and make sure that they're nice and ripe nope yeah we had a peach tree in our backyard at hobbs we literally did nothing to it except make sure we watered it every now and then like when we thought about it um, it's our first experience having a fruit tree. Didn't know all the little tricks of keeping birds out of the tree. Like hmm. they're like tree nets or the like shiny the stuff, discs, the CDs in there. Yeah. Um, not that we could have eaten like half of the fruit that we were able to still salvage all that tree. A peach tree from Hobbs, surprisingly good peaches. We had, you know, back in Merkle, Texas, we Merkle. had, uh, peach trees and apricot trees and every now and then those apricot trees would just make like crazy and we'd give as much away to people as we could and uh excuse me my mom and my grandmother's both sides that they'd make preserves and we'd have cobblers and we'd have we'd we'd freeze them and we'd make ice cream like mm-hmm. peach ice cream or topping for vanilla ice cream or anyway it was it, it it was surprising how much those trees made because they looked terrible and they were old. They'd been around a long time and just kind of, I mean, dad did a great job watering them. So, I mean, I, I'm sure that had a lot to do with it, but those trees lasted forever and they just made it just about every year. So, peaches were a great thing growing up. That's probably why I'm, I have such a trouble with grocery store peaches. Well, so here's my experience with that. We found this farm between our house, my parents' house in Mesquite, Texas, and my grandparents' house in Natchez, Mississippi. There's a peach orchard in Ruston, Louisiana. Um, Ruston is home of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. But there's a little um, peach orchard, and I'm blanking on the names. We were just calling. We were going to stop for Ruston Peaches. Um like you would literally drive up to this person's barn and just buy 25 pound boxes of, of, of peaches. And we found out it's that like late June, early July, like 4th of July is like the best time to buy peaches straight from the farm. Mitchum farms. Yes. That's them. Good, good peaches. They also sold like preserves, like peach preserve. Like they basically just, like sliced the peaches and then put them in a jar <laughs> with, with a bunch of sugar. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. They also had like blueberries and stuff, not their game. It's peaches. <laughs> so if you're going through Ruston, Louisiana this summer, stop by Mitchum farms and get a 25 pound box of peaches. Cause you will go th- like, that, that sounds like a lot of peaches. You will go through and be like, I need more. <laughs> I've got to go back. On my way back through Ruston, I'm going to get another box. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay, third question from Brian. Best Easter slash spring seasonal candy. What you got? Starburst jelly beans. You and my wife. My goodness. They, They're the best thing. She, that, she loves both of those candies like by themselves. Me too. Me too. So the combination is just... Sorry, I'm trying to move and readjust and I'm kicking everything. I've somehow resisted the urge to buy them this year and I don't know how. And Have you seen them yet? I have seen them. Okay. And no one has brought them to the office, which is great. But just know that when they do, I'm just going to live off of jelly beans until they're gone. They're yeah. fantastic. They're by far my favorite. Uh, it's, it's a food group to itself with Samantha is jelly beans. Yeah, it. It's it's one of the things I I can't keep around the house. Um, for me, gosh, tried and true Cadbury eggs, the Reese's peanut butter bunnies. Yeah, Reese's peanut butter any shape or the eggs, the thing. Reese's peanut butter eggs. Yeah, I'm good with those. Jack o' lantern, um, that's still good at Easter. The white chocolate ones were pretty good. Oh, those Surprising are yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I'm not. I can see why people don't like them, but I've always liked white chocolate. Um. I'm not a fan of like that, those brick bunnies. It's like chocolate brick. There's or the hollow the ones. What's the point? No, with with the weird eyes that don't taste any good anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just strange. Um, Brian says, better believe I'm running through cartons of double bubble Robin's eggs. That's some good stuff. The Robin's eggs, yeah, I can get. So the one thing I think everybody puts out. The speckled ones are the best. <laughs> Even though I think they all taste the same. <laughs> speckled are, um, ones are still the best. The one thing I think is like, height of Easter spring seasonal candy are those stupid peeps. Yeah. Those mu- those marshmallow ra- rabbits. Well, then all those recipes come out on Pinterest and on YouTube and everybody, here's how you use peeps to make, and they're melting them and well, what's doing the point? Rice Krispie you, treats or something with them. Why not just use regular marshmallows at that point? Yeah. Um. So they did have like a cotton candy flavored one or like a blue raspberry that was... It's a texture thing as, for as, me good as you're going to get with a peep, but yeah. So when I was, um, serving for my, my, my missionary service with, with my church when I was younger, we were in, in, in the training center over Easter. And one of the guys in our group, his mom sent him like a crate of peeps <laughs> and nobody wanted to eat them. So like we basically like created, um, like risk style armies with them and we battled them in the hall. <laughs> oh, well there you go. Like we had hundreds and hundreds of peeps. Cause then another guy that was like, that lived close to the area is like, Hey mom, that was a great idea. Send me some. <laughs> so we had <laughs> literal crates of peeps that we were just jacking around with. I think that's a good use for them. That's about all, all they were good for. Um, thanks Brian for helping us talk about food or obligatory food segment on the 23 personnel podcast. That's right. We made it. We did. It, it had, it had to come all the way to the question section. We, we did skip the intro. Um, cause we were just too, too focused California, here we come. on getting ready for the sweet 16. Um, I have a quick going yard update. I mowed my yard for the second time this season. I was actually a few days behind. I mowed it yesterday it could have been mowed on Saturday, but we were running around. We had that storm come through Friday night, um, so the grass was too wet. Then we had baseball pictures and a baseball game. So I got out there yesterday, mowed it. Oh, the yard looks so good. 
it's Ooh. it needed it. It's that's it what's strange. That's what's strange is as much as I, you know, give you grief for mowing in May. I mean, in March and looking forward to it. Your yard did actually need it. Check that and out. He's showing me a picture right now, and it, it does look pretty pretty spectacular. I see you went with the parallel to the driveway lines I this did. week. It's, it's just easier to keep them straight. Yeah. Which I'm not really good at keeping straight lines. But if you if you do stripe your lawn with, you have to have longer grass to do it. If you do stripe it, it has to be with the sun. So like, okay, only going to see the stripes if the sun is behind you. Right. Or, like, yeah, so the sun has to be behind you, so you have to follow the track of the sun, so you basically have to do east and west stripes. Yeah, and your house faces west. So it, it, it helps because, like, like I'm either looking at the stripes in the morning or I'm looking at the stripes coming home or my my neighbors are looking at the stripes coming home in the afternoon. Um, I will break out the checkerboard pattern later on this year when the grass gets a little bit longer. I'm starting to raise the mower up. So I, I mow it short the first time. I raise it up one one full setting. Um partially because it was it was overgrown for that setting. It was like choking the the mower. <laughs> <laughs> too much too much too, grass. Too much grass. It's growing. Um and I went ahead and, and put down my first application of, of fertilizer, man. I'm I'm kicking this uh this winter dormancy's butt. I'm 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 gonna get the rest of the yard back. There are a couple of spots that are more dormant than growing. Um, but that soon will be remedied. Well, I'm glad that you've, you've enlightened us on, on your ability to mow. <laughs> well, here's the, other thing. here's the other thing for the rest of you guys that are growing Bermuda lawns. It's probably still a little early. You may be, you may be able to be able to get out there and, uh, look at scalping your lawn here pretty soon. The baseball field we were practicing on is a Bermuda grass. I was like, I was looking at it. And I was like, Oh, there's that green tent that you need right. to be looking for. It's there. So it's go happening. Ahead. I've so noticed that in my, in my lawn as well. If you're starting to see green, go ahead and, and, and chop down all the, all the grass you've got because that's that grass is not coming back. It's the green stuff coming from the ground. Um, one, the mowing will help stimulate the root system, the plant as a whole to grow. So it'll, it'll kind of, kick itself into gear. I think that's why my grass is coming out so quickly now because I did mow it. Um, but you're, you Bermuda guys get ready to throw down your first application of, uh, of some fert. You can, you can go to the, the good old box store and get you, if you're gonna do fert, you can do malorganite. Who now? It's called malorganite. M I L organite. It's, um, it's a, what are they called? It's an organic biosolid. So it's going to smell like straight up crap <laughs> because it is. Um, it's from a treatment plant and get this Milwaukee Milorganite. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it's, it's sold basically at like Lowe's and Home Depot everywhere. Um, it's like a 36 pound bag and you put it down like 10 plus pounds per thousand. So most yards We'll just take just one single bag. The bag I think is fairly cheap because it's just it's recycled poo. It's like thirteen or fourteen dollars. You can just put that down once a once a month. The uh, the thing that you have to be prepared for is the smell. <laughs> but just know the uh, the organic material in it 
and the uh, microbial microbial action in the dirt, your grass is going to love it. So I, wear, I can find this at any box store? Home Depot, and I think Walmart's had it before too. It's fairly inexpensive. Like I said, it's about $13, $14 a bag. Most ho- homes in our area will just take up one full bag, spread it as evenly as you can. You will see, like when you do this and your grass is, is full growing, like in, in the growing season, when, when you put this down, in like three days, three, four days, your grass will change color. Like like blue? It will it will get a, a little bit of a blue tint oh, to it. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Because of the iron in it. It's got iron in it, which helps darken the color, and it'll actually push towards like a dark green, maybe even a, a little steely blue. Mm. I mean, it, it's not going to be like, like clear water ocean blue. I prefer steely Dan's. <laughs> Anyways. I think the I think the apple that I really liked. Oh, here we go. Sweet tango. Sweet tango. It's all one word. Sweet tango. Sweet tango. Sweet tango. I think that was the one that we were recommended to get and I really like, but I I couldn't tell you. There's so many apple varieties. I was over here looking at them. <laughs> That's what you're doing like your eyes it, not glazing over right, looking it, at apples. No, I am. And this was the one that I think we got that we really liked. And it says with its outstanding flavor and remarkably loud crunch, remarkably loud, sweet crunch. tango has earned its position as a top pick for apple lovers. You know, actually, I don't think this was it. Dadgummit. It was really juicy. It was one that when you cut it, I mean, juice just was like just coming at it everywhere. Hey, there's a mic there. <clears throat> it's fine. <laughs> We're an hour and a half in. Nobody's listening. Nope, not anymore. Especially after I rambled on for like 20 minutes about spreading poo on your grass. Yeah, just basically taking a, a a butter knife and getting out on your hands and knees. Um, it's one of those things where like you don't want to store it in your garage. So <laughs> where do you go well, no, no, back like, porch? Like, I no, guess no, 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 no. You buy it and you apply it. You use all of it. You, you you put it out there and you just you just know that like when it gets wet, you're gonna smell it, but the heat of the day will kind of help break it down. Um, it'll go in a few, yeah. it'll go away in a few days. <laughs> the but, heat of the day will help with something. Um, it's definitely really, really good for your yard. And like I said, it's really inexpensive. And it's one of those things where you can't over apply it. Like you're not going to burn your lawn like you would if you, or like you could, if you over applied some like synthetic fertilizers, mm-hmm. which aren't foolproof. Melorganite is really foolproof. Like you, you can't overdo it. Melorganite. Melorganite. Melorganite sounds like the bag has a picture of a house. They actually ran a contest for this last year. They like they asked for people that use Melorganite to send pictures of their house, and they picked uh-huh. a winner to be on the bag this year. Dude uh, got like a year's supply of stuff. <laughs> Just a, it's like a dump truck full of crap. Yeah. Congratulations, brother. The here's some fertilizer that sounds like it was a rejected Harry Potter villain. Yeah. So if you're interested, Melorganite.com. Like I said, it's M I L O R G A N I T E. Melorganite. It's slow release nitrogen fertilizer. It's natural. Stinks. Really good stuff. That's how you know it's working. Yep. Michael, what did you learn this week? I learned one thing. Let's hear it. We, every now and then, to kind of mix things up, we'll get a HelloFresh subscription 
You have to explain what that is. I don't know what that is. HelloFresh is you log on to their website and you pick out three meals for two. And here, here. I'm, I'm, I'm now our, one of our favorite uh, radio hosts. Oh wait! Oh, he's gonna, he's gonna really mic up the keyboard. Let me see. I haven't heard it. Oh, there you go. Oh, that sounds good. He's typing. He's typing so much in there. You really have to bang the keys for that to work. Yeah, you you've got to be purposeful with your typing. But HelloFresh is it's one of those box meal places where they send you all the ingredients and it's the a directions, service, right? Yeah, they they send you the degree ingredients and the directions to make three meals. And I think I broke my mouse. Really, all you need is some cookware and I think butter and olive oil, salt and pepper. Those are kind of the basic things you just need around. Mm-hmm. Get $80 off your first four boxes. So this is not a cheap meal planning. It's not super cheap, which is why we don't do it very often, because my wife has figured out a way to... To uh, fake it? Well, she'll she'll cancel it, and then she'll come back later when there's some deal. Yeah, the, right now it's $80 off. So right. your first four boxes are $20, so $25 a box. Right, which Regular is cheap. Price. Re- regular price, it's probably I think it's 60 Regular price, it's about 60 bucks for three meals. But if you get their deals that they run quite a bit, you can get those same three meals for 25 bucks or something. If you're if you're looking... Usually $9 a serving. Yikes. Right. It gets kind of high. So that's why we don't do it often, and we try to time it where one of those... She's got one of those deals. Well, not try. We That's the only time we get it. Anyway, so we had Sorry. that. go on. We had that, and she usually cooks them. One, she's a much better cook. She's faster, and she enjoys it as well. And and she wasn't feeling good this last week, and so I said, well, I'll cook one. I got this, boo. I got this. And, hey, the house didn't burn down. Um, every No one had food poisoning. Everything went pretty well. I, I cooked the figgy balsamic pork, which was really delicious. It's got a... It was two little small pork tenderloins that you kind of sear in the skillet and then finish in the oven. Then you cover with... Oh, thanks, buddy. It took me that long to find it. I'm so well, sorry. It's, it's worth it. And then you cover a uh, cover it with the sauce you make. And then you had roasted green beans and rosemary potatoes on the side. And it was... Um, all, all the meals have been pretty good. Some of them have been much better than others. Some of them have just been kind of ho-hum, but... It's fun. If you get the deal, it's it's quote unquote worth it. But I mean, our little girl doesn't eat food really. <laughs> so we can still do the 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 two portion meal and everybody will still get fed. If you know, she'll eat one bite off of our plate and then go back to her veggie straws or which are really good, by what, the way. Man, veggie straws are surprisingly good. They're kind of like Pringles. Yeah, you open a bag, you just don't stop. Yeah, I, the, the zesty ranch way to go. I agree. We we didn't like them because they got her hands kind of gross, and she of course then would like, touch everything, rub it on our face or something. <laughs> <clears throat> but the the zesty ranch was surprisingly good. I, I polished off a bag of those myself the other night, which you don't feel bad about doing because they're vegetables. They're vegetables and they're baked. Yeah, they're even green. Some of them. Yeah, green, yellow, and orange. Yeah, naturally colored i'm sure sure they're they're not like as bad as veggie straws may sound they're vegetable chips yeah super tasty 
Yeah, they're they're really great. They're hollow, so that's mm-hmm. kind of fun. They really crunch because you've got yeah four sides. It's a good chip, and you just <laughs> pretty good. That was bad. Those veggie, the veggie chips they make too, are good with hummus. If you like hummus, which I do, big fan. I like ranch. Would also work with ranch. <laughs> the ranch flavored chip dipped in ranch. Yeah. Or dipped in a ranch dip. Double double up. Double or nothing. Yep. All right, man. What else we got? I don't know, man. I I think <laughs> Sorry, this wasn't meant to interrupt you. This is just our I mean No, this is all we've got. We've just gotta We've got to let this ramp up a little bit and then see how we do against the Wolverines. All right, everybody. All right, with that, I'm Spencer... That's Michael. Thanks for joining us on the 23 Personal Podcast as we get ready to take on the Michigan Wolverines in the Sweet 16. Thanks for joining us. California, here we come. Right back to where we started.